0: Two, a one, two, three. Game on! Game on! It's game time! Excellent! Game on! Game on! It's game time! Excellent!
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Goa Weekly Show. I am Straightjacket Jim. Who have we got tonight, people?
0: Um, let's see. Uh, it's myself and Stormy. Stormy, Stormy's here. Uh, it's Stormy. good to see you. <laughs> looking, a looking a bit looking
1: different. Like... Had had the bit of the Michael Jackson yeah, yeah, bit...
2: yeah, needs a bit of a shave on the on the old beard. Stormy does. Um, but yeah, no. Hello,
0: Stormy's had the reverse manscaped.
2: Yeah. Yes, that's what happens when it. you go back the other way in dire need of a shave. Yeah. But like,
0: hello. Uh, Grumpy a, Moron is, is one of our wonderful writers from the GameOnOz.com writing team. Um, Stormy is off doing other things. I actually saw her... Uh, I saw her twits just a moment ago. I believe she's getting stuck into the new Lego Star Wars. Oh, so good. Ah. Yes, which we'll, we'll hear more about very soon. Um, before we dive into what are you playing, we, we got something special to kick things off tonight. Actually, uh, we have a special guest, guys. I like special. Mm. I'm very um, special. So, my mum came to me. <laughs> uh, let me fill you in on, on what the dealio is here. And before we do get stuck into this, uh, once again, um, we've got two weeks left of our Manscaped uh, partnership. This is where if you, like me, have never done the do, got the clippers around, you your sad saggers down there uh it made him a lot happier certainly made mine a lot happier you can get 20% off by using the code GOA at manscaped.com and um, i can't recommend them thoroughly enough look i know that this is an ad and it sounds like an ad it's because it is an ad but i'm actually i'm legitimately keeping up with this guys ever this is the first time i've had a crack down there and um, just <laughs> shaped him up a little bit and gone the gone the smooth and uh, i'm really enjoying it i'm not going to lie i'm actually yeah i'm going to keep going with this so it's some good gear. Um, we're going to play our Manscaped game a little bit later on. So it's like last week, uh, you two facing off against each other. And I will be describing a particular game character who we believe um, is quite smooth down there. So we'll get to that a little bit later on. Um, but a big thanks to Manscaped for jumping on board. But it's on to our guests. So our guest tonight um, came by way of one of our great community members. His name is Daz Action. And we have a channel in our Discord, discord discord.gameonoz.com, if you want to go and check it out. Uh, Gaming news and updates. And he dropped this in uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it basically said, this looks good for those into surfing. Incredible for a small team from Fremantle WA. Is it safe to assume that Goal PD has known about this game since way back? And unfortunately, no, I didn't, though I had heard of the studio. The studio is Bungara Software, Proprietary Limited, and the game is BL Pro Surfing 2022 Launch Trailer, Um, Now, uh, the big man behind it all, his name is Andrew. I'm just going to drag him up. So we're going to chat to him in just a tickety-boo. But he's been lovely enough, when I finally get to it, to actually join us. So just give me a moment. Here we go. Uh, And he's on mute. I'm just going to unmute him. Here we go. See if that's worked. Andrew, have we got you? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Should have tested it. Should have tested it, guys. Should have tested it. Should have tested it. Should have tested
2: it. I'm sure he's fine.
0: I don't know that he's fine.
2: Oh, no. You think he's I'm fine? I'm it. Fine. Is he okay? He tested it. <laughs>
0: uh goodness. Uh, hang on. So he might still be on mute. Let me just chat to him. I'll chat to him behind the scenes. You guys just talk amongst
2: yourselves. All right, straight. What are we talking about? So,
0: look... I'm, I'm like Pete, I didn't
1: really know about this game myself, but I had been doing a little bit of research today because that's what you do. and when you know I got a whole Wednesday off I i use it to research these uh, lovely topics that we talk about. and just seeing seeing the footage from this game which will will'll we'll show you some trailers and one in particular that's made with the in-game camera tools. it looks amazing and not not just that that it looks amazing, but that they managed to get a whole heap of um, of big names on board like there's a whole heap of like the actual proper surfing sponsors they've gotten involved they've gotten the likenesses of a whole lot of different surfers um and it just and to, to have it named after barton lynch who is an australian surfing legend is just seems really really cool to me and like how cool must it be for him to have
2: a game named after him i mean i wouldn't mind it mm. I mean, I don't know what sort of game the Grumpy Goron game would be, but I'd I'd get around it.
1: I imagine it would be some sort of, like, Legend of Zelda spin-off game where you have to no, try and that. sneak around and not wake up the Goron somehow, like a stealth section in a Zelda game.
0: Don't wake up the Goron.
2: See, I don't mind that. Like, that's that's fine. I would, I, I would play that. I would review it. How nice would I be with it? You know, I'd obviously review it as... As legitimately as possible, but I'll be obviously be slightly leaning towards the side of oh, I mean it's got my name in it. Yeah. Um, but obviously you got to review everything as it is. Um, but yeah,
0: just waiting here, guys. I'm just waiting. Just waiting. I'm just talking to him behind the scenes. I'm trying to th-
1: uh, I'm trying to think what sort of a game that they would make. Jack and Jim would be. Yeah, like that. Sure, so sure, it'd have to take place either in an insane asylum. So whether it would be like a stupid it's an Arkham. thing or, or like an Arkham type
2: thing. It'd be or, like an Arkham game, I reckon. Yeah? Yeah.
1: Where i go around and just suddenly hit people and kidnap
0: them and knock them out. Or is it a platformer and it's Earthworm Jim, but in a Straight
2: jacket. That's it.
1: And instead of like Earthworm Jim flicking out his worm-like body to latch onto stuff... You flick out the, the straight jacket arms. Hey, I think
2: we've got... It was, to, I like it. Got, wasn't it. Wasn't it just his head? Yeah, his head? I think it was his head. Yeah, his From head was
0: mean, in a suit. His, yeah. head the little, his head had the little wormy thing out the top of it. Mm. Uh, and then, yeah, oh, I remember those days. That was a good game. I used to play it on this real, real old potato PC. Um, like potato yeah, even for back then. Well, a Potato even for back then. Like, it used to play Lego Island. I used to play Lego Island on it. But even Lego Island would run so stilted. Uh, it, it felt like it was running at, like, um, five frames per hour.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so, hey, Star Saber, thank you for the sub. We appreciate that. That's very kind. Thank you.
2: Yeah, no, I've never played Earthworm Jim, but, I mean, it's a platformer, so I probably should have. But... We'll get there. We'll I get think
1: there. I played it on the Super Nintendo. So, yeah that that was that was my platforming days. Everything on the Super Nintendo because Sega sucks. We're not playing Sega games. Mario, See. everything, no Sonic. Um, I Sonic think
0: right. nah, that's right. No,
1: that's joking. Joking, people. Don't at me, people. In small doses. Yeah, <laughs> but like I could I couldn't get around my head especially as a young kid I couldn't get my head around Sonic like you gotta go fast but if you go too fast you can't work out what's going on
0: that's what it always seemed like to me guys I'm just gonna jump out for a moment mm-hmm. and see if I can help Bung Era uh,
2: yep. troubleshoot this issue no worries that's right. alright straight what are we doing well let's let's, do um, chat
1: about? Let, let's have a chat about what are we playing so I know that you've got um got one there grumpy so let's i'm gonna, gonna flick over we're going to show you the trailer for this game so what, what are you playing at the moment
2: okay so basically i think this officially released last week but i'm playing a, a dlc expansion for a game called lost judgment called uh, lost judgment the kaito files so kaito essentially is the basically the secondary character in this duo um you know in the first game so you play as a guy named Yagami he's the head of this detective agency his right hand man is Kaito and he's essentially like the the big bulky like muscle man of the, of the group right so he's the one that gets all the all the work done um so essentially this game focuses on him so Yagami the protagonist of the original core game is basically gone away on a case um mm. and something comes up um, in Kamarocho which is the, the location where the game's um, based in Japan um, something comes up and he's basically got a um, basically his ex his ex-lover goes missing um, and her husband reaches out to him to help find her right so essentially it's like a the main game I think roughly went for about 20 20 odd hours um, this one goes for around six to eight. Mm-hmm. and it's essentially just a smaller, uh, smaller sort of side story yeah. campaign. It's about office, what, you, you what know, you'd expect detectives.
1: for a DLC sort of thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, and essentially, like, I'm, I'm penning the review for it now. The review mm-hmm. will go up tonight for it. Yeah. Um, over on GameOnOz.com, check it out. Over on GameOnOz.com, of mm-hmm. course. Um, but so, essentially, sorry, you go.
1: Well, I was just going to say, looking at the trailer, like, the first bit of the trailer sort of... Strikes! It was very detective-y sort of like you're going around and you're finding clues and stuff like that. But then, like most of the trailer seems to be more geared towards almost sort of yakuza beat 'em up style gameplay. So is is there a is a, the the trailer just showing that off? Because obviously that's the flashy stuff. You know, you going around looking at clues could be quite boring as a trailer. So how how much Shit. of of that sort of mixture of action and puzzle solving is there in the game
2: i'd say there's. still i think that the trailer is accurate in the sense that there is a lot more there is a lot more fighting in it because mm. it is a yakuza game it's a spin-off yeah. so essentially the judge the judgment series is a, a yakuza spin-off in which you play the role of a, a detective as opposed to a member of the yakuza mm. um, there is a lot of that sort of fighting stuff still in it um there are moments where um you you know you walk around with like a sort of a camera sort of first person sort of look and you um you know you examine an area for clues um Mm -hmm. so instead you know kaito being the big muscly guy is not as analytical Mm -hmm. as um as yagami so essentially his way of uh finding clues is to basically just use his eyes his hearing and his uh uh, sense of smell Mm -hmm. um which is interesting. Whereas like Yagami tends to break things down a lot greater. Cause he's, he's an actual detective. Um, so basically like he can smell an area and he goes, Oh, there's smoke, like what's going on here or something mm. like that. Um, and you can use it in d- weird different ways as well. Like basically I was messing around with the, s- the smell ability and, um, I was messing around with the smell ability and in one of the little cafes and I walked up to the fridge and, and basically just found a ham sandwich <laughs> that i could i could take as an item <laughs> i
1: thought
2: you're gonna, so I like, thought you were gonna say he, he smelled the
1: ham sandwich and then ate the ham sandwich
2: yeah i think it was like an egg and ham sandwich or like a ham and an egg and uh, egg and tuna sandwich or something mm. it was just like there's still those like weird yakuza moments mm. of just like just weird shit happening yeah um but yeah it's 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 a bit interesting yeah. but no i love it like in in summary it's a game that i really love i loved the base game um, and when you read the review a bit later on, you'll see that you know this DLC is um, very much the same, just in a in a more digestible sort of package.
1: Hmm. Nice, yeah. yeah it, it's, I, it's it's interesting that I, I was picking up the um, the the I'll get the word soon. Yakuza vibes. I, d- I had no idea that it was actually like a spin off Yakuza story, um, but it just sort of sort of had that feel about it. So I'm get. How how much does Lost Judgment normally play into that sort of that Yakuza feel? Because I've like the Yakuza is a beat 'em up and it has those silly mini games that you play in there and yeah. and that sort of thing. So does Lost Judgment still have that sort of thing as well? Or is it more a serious spin off?
2: Um, I think there are elements. I mean, my, the reality for me is that I haven't actually played a core Yakuza game before. Um this was the first I've ever actually played and this this Lost Judgment game is actually the second judgment game. Mm-hmm. Um essentially when I saw the trailers I was that interested that I decided to jump in. Um but in terms of the similarities to the Yaku- Yakuza games with like the wacky mini games and all that sort of stuff like they are there. Yeah. Um so essentially you've got I think there's there might be more in the core game but there are some available to you in the side stories that are also in the core game so um, you've got things like, like baseball, you can play Shogi. Um, there's a club Sega arcade where you can actually access full versions of Sonic the Fighters and Virtual Fighter 5. Oh, nice. Um, which is cool. So like you can play the entirety of the Sonic fighting, Sonic the Fighters fighting game inside the club Sega arcade inside Lost Judgment. Ooh. Um, so there are, there are definitely mini-games and such that um, you can mess around with, and they are silly, and there are silly moments as well, despite the fact that, you know, they're, um, they're, you know their core stories are very serious. Yeah. Right? Um, there are still those weird sort of zany moments. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's kind of encouraged me more to jump into the Yakuza games after this. Mm. Um, but for anyone that's either played those before or hasn't, you know, from a first-timer in this, this game, I loved it so much that, you know, I played the, the entirety of the main game and then came back for the DLC content. Nice. So yeah. I feel like that's a testament to how, how good the game actually is. Yeah. No
1: worries. And we'll look forward to your review coming out on later later tonight?
2: Yes, correct. It should be nice. up there in a little bit. Nice.
1: Well... People that know me, they know I'm a massive Star Wars fan. So there can only be one game that I'm playing at the moment, and that is Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. It is just it's your typical Lego game, and I'm lo- I'm in for it. And it, it's I was a little bit scared when I first saw this that it was going to be a lot of um, just taking the old levels from all the old Star Wars Lego games and putting them in a one collection and upscaling it or something like that. But it's it's not. It is totally redone. All the levels are, are different or, and just the way it works is different. And to the point where if you just want to do the story, it's reasonably quick and straightforward. You can go from one to the other and do it pretty quickly. But, and here's the big but, when you get to like each planet that you go to has a mini, a, like a mini overworld type thing. So you, you go in and that's where all the collectibles are. And it's just, there's so much to do and it's still all the, um, all the stuff like your mini kits, all the different bricks you can get, all the studs. Um, yeah. It's just, it's such a fun experience. The combat's been totally redone as well from the original Lego games. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I'm loving it so much, and I've I've only played through the um oh through through the first
0: uh, the Phantom Menace. But Pete's back. How are we doing, Pete? Hi. Sorry. Um. Yes. Good. Uh. No, we won't be joined by Arrow tonight, unfortunately. Uh, but, um. We will try again for next week. Okay. Like uh, so for me, the the Star Wars Skywalker Star Saga, the thing that I'm most looking forward to, or the thing that I'm most excited about, is the is flying. Um, and using all of the tech weapons like the, you know, on the ships, the Millennium Falcon the X-Wing. What's it like? Tell me what it's like, mate. Is it is um, it good? Is it all it's cracked up to be or what? I haven't
1: done a lot of flying yet. Um, I've mainly sort of been, I'm about half so I started on the Phantom Menace and I'm about halfway through Attack of the Clones um, and like there are flying levels, but there's obviously at the end of the Phantom Menace you've got got flying into the the droid control ship and the controls on that are pretty good like e- even to the point where the you don't even the game sort of works out what the your active target is and puts a little white dot on the screen to say here's the spot you need to be aiming for to hit hit the hit your target so you know right. where you, you do the leading the target thing um and and you've still got missiles and stuff like that that yeah, I, I have just been having a lot of fun with it, and look, I'm just—I don't feel I'm far enough in, into it to give too much about um, the flight because I haven't done a lot of it just yet. But but there's moments like this you, you see on the trailer where where the Ewok pops out with his little boombox and the ATSD starts dancing, yeah. You know, to, to the point where I was playing as um, Qui Gon Jin, who is acted by Liam Neeson. And in the middle of one section all of a sudden the little lego figure says i have a particular set of skills and oh. i was just like yeah i like I like that little easter egg you know i like that taken reference it's cool so it's it's just a lot of fun and collecting the stuff is just a, a nicety um and i'm glad they they did that because the 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 mainline games are big and like they're, they're games on their own so I'm glad they sort of made the episodes more compact so that there's not as much there they're, they're more sort of bite-sized the 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 hub overworlds feel like they've got a lot going on um, and there's just a lot of collectibles and there's there's upgrades that you can get once you collect enough bricks to make finding the collectibles easier you know it'll point out on a map where they are and you can just go and find them then work out the puzzle that you need to do to get into to get the brick
0: yeah. pretty wonderful mate sounds yeah.
1: oh yeah like, so I'm having a, a brilliant time with it and I bought the deluxe pack as well so that came with um, in game like Mandalorian season one figures unlocked already and um, solo the solo movie little figures as well so that's pretty cool seeing them in there
0: I mean, it just hits all the right notes. These Lego mm. games, don't they? You know, yeah. like you if you're a the the they've got such a wide audience that they've captured, but both Lego and Star Wars. I mean, th- those are two of the most wonderfully compatible uh, organisations in the entire world, as far as like you oh, know yeah. fan fun and all that sort of <clears throat> stuff. But the thing that I love about Lego games is that they, when it comes to when it comes to the writing, they just deliver. Mm. Oh, just deliver so consistently. The gameplay's great. You know, if you're going to be able to fly X-wings and Tie Fighters and Millennium Falcons, and um, you know, and use the Force and all that sort of stuff, you're going to have a great time. If they stay true to the canon, you know, and you get to play through the stories you're such a fan of, you're going to have a great time anyway. But the thing that they tend to do so incredibly well with the Lego games is the writing, and in particular the humor. Yeah. Um, and that's why I just I, I I'm just so. They just make me so happy they're just such joyish games to play they're just so much fun yeah
2: so color me color me unaware but did star wars the the lego star wars the force awakens did that have voice acting in it or not originally
1: i don't know because i didn't play it
2: um yeah okay neither have i anyhow last one i probably would have played which i can see over on my bookshelf um it would have probably would have been lego star wars the complete saga on the wii i think right Um, I think remembering back, those games had no voice acting, but this one does. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I know the older ones don't. They had sort of a mumbly type thing. Yeah, but this this game also has the option to bring the mumble back.
2: So right, okay, and even then, like, how does the humor play off when they actually like now that they actually speak? Like, I remember a lot of the funny moments of the original ones kind of came from the fact that they they kind of only mumble. Um, if you know what I mean.
1: I don't know because I pretty much put it in mumble mode straight away.
2: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: yeah. Yeah, I just, I just, yeah, the, the, like, I'm like grumpy. Like, I think the mumbling sort of adds something to it. Like, you still get subtitles that come up, so you you still get what they're saying. But honestly, it's Star Wars. You know what's going on.
2: It, yeah. yeah, and a lot of a lot of they a lot of the humour they used to have was kind of physical humour. Yeah, like it was it was like from the visuals of the actual scene. Mm-hmm. um but yeah I'll probably keep voices on from the start I think just to yeah. see if I know what it's like
1: but yeah it's um the combat's been upped as well so you, there's actually you can do combos in the game now and that increases the studs that you get you can counter things and there's upgrades that you can get so you get more studs from doing counters so there's just there's Lots more ways you can earn studs to buy all the characters and um unlock them and buy the upgrades and everything. Like I I've, I've been working heavily towards getting the the um the first stud multiplier unlock. <laughs> so the the com the combat's a lot better than and, and I have to say that I haven't played a, a Lego game since probably the original trilogy, which I think was the second Lego ga- Lego licensed game. Yeah.
2: yeah many now
1: yeah oh yeah so many but star star wars was the first and i still think the best that but that just might be my uh my my bias coming out there
2: yeah i think lego city undercover is pretty pretty elite yeah um but yeah i guess like i've also seen in some trailer footage um you know the sort of third this it's almost like a third person behind the shoulder shooter now in the shooting segments like what is what does that feel like
1: it feels pretty good because you still got full three sixty degree camera, um, right. except, except when it comes to the flying bits, but all, all you, your combat and you're moving around, you you can you have control of the camera. Um, so it's it's it is third person, but it, it's it's really good. It, like I, I cannot stress enough how much fun I'm having with this. It's just it hits the right tones with the humor and the combat in it with the camera. Just it it all all comes together and just feels like a complete package. Very well, complete, complete package. <laughs> you should see my complete package, especially now that uh-huh. Manscaped's got to it. Just yeah. It's <laughs> a Manscaped transition. That's it. Uh, well, what shall about I d- paint? Th- I think you should dive into what you're playing, Petey.
0: Yeah, well I um I came across a, a cheeky little roguelike. Um, and I was wow. I was looking for a little bit of hack and slash. I, I've only really gotten into roguelikes maybe the past, I guess, uh, 12 to 18 months um, and haven't played too many of them. But I, I it, when they pop up, I'm kind of like, okay, you know, because I, I do find roguelikes quite competitive. You know, they are quite rinse and repeat. Because, um, of course, you know, generally with roguelikes, the whole point is die, start at the beginning, go again. Um, but I, I came across this one and, and it it got me a little bit um, from the very beginning. I, I need to actually see if I can find... Give me one second, because I took a screenshot of the very opening screen. So the game's called Dreamscaper. Uh, it's on Switch, it's on Steam, it's on Epic. I don't know if you guys have heard of this game or you've come across this game. I haven't no, already Googled it. It, it, looked, it <laughs> looks pretty damn cool. It's... Well, the thing that... The thing about it is it's gorgeous. Like, it is it is beautiful. It's not unusual for me to call a game gorgeous or beautiful or, you know. But the thing that appealed to me um, is just the, the setting of it. So that, you know, I quite like... And I feel like we're getting a lot of them, particularly in the last sort of two or three years but the setting is quite dystopian. So the moment that you enter the game, already there's a mystery, already there's a, I wanna know what's going on here. Why has this place that I'm looking at become so desolate? But you play as Cassidy and there's two different worlds. There's a a, a sleeping world and a waking world, um, which is you know the dreamscape is the, the world that you, you know essentially play most of the game through. And the waking world is kind of like your go-back-to world. So the waking world's quite static, but you open up the world as you continue to progress through the game, whereas the the dreamscape part of the world is actually the part that's on reset, the part where you start again. Um, God, I can't believe I, I'm having trouble actually remembering uh, this particular bloody roguelike off the top of my head, but just to kind of bring it back to um a rogue like that most people probably would have played the last couple of years it's the one where you're going through hell hades hades thank you hades yeah. so you know, how, we, how could you forget hades I, I, only won like
1: five game of the year awards from
0: i know i'm yeah. having i'm having a week <laughs> i'm having a. Week. um so hades you know hades how hey, you've got the like you, you know if, if we were to call one the waking world and one the dreamscape um, the Waking World is the, you know, the the central chambers. Mm. Um, you know, the place where you've got your bedroom, you've got your weaponry, you've got all that sort of stuff. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, so that's the Waking World part of Dreamscaper. And then, you know, Hades, you jump out the window and you you drop down onto the, the first sort of open area. You defeat the enemies, you move on to the next one, and then you defeat mm. the enemies, move on to the next one, progress a bit harder. That's the, the Dreamscape part of this. Um they're both quite similar in terms of, you know, you've got power ups, you've got weapons, you've got enemies to attack, so on and so forth. Um but the the thing that I whereas Hades is quite you know, from the outset you know the story. You know that, you know, you just want to escape. You just want to get out of there. You've had enough of, of being in that area. You've had enough of being in hell. You've had enough of, of your old man. You know, he's giving you the shits. I just want to get out. Right? Yeah, I feel Whereas that. Dream, yeah. Dreamscaper is more, oh, okay, what has happened here? What is going on? And as you progress through and generally open up the, the actual Dreamscape side of things, it allows you to completely open up and unlock the waking world part and, you know, you start to open this mystery up a little bit. So, um yeah, it's something that keeps me coming back. Hades didn't keep me coming back quite often. I, I probably played Hades for about three months solid, and then got a little bit tired of it. Whereas I, I feel like this one, I'm I'm going to be able to pick it up maybe half an hour to an hour a day, uh, and keep coming back to it because there's just enough to keep me coming back to it in in terms of the story.
2: Hmm. Fair enough.
1: Yeah, it sounds like there's a bit of a mystery to un- unsolve there, whereas yeah, Hades is just you want out and while little bits and pieces change and and I think where where Hades stories got really good was just through little changes that happens to was it Tartarus I think was the hub world in that um yeah on on each replay and and this one I think it looks it sounds like what you're saying is that the, the the mystery unravels of why this town's so desolate and and just looking at like when I first watched the trailer, the first thing that struck me was the music like there that is some banger piano tunes
0: happening in there oh the music is beautiful the music is wonderfully set to you know the the atmosphere uh it plays wonderfully into the into the into the hands of the atmosphere that they've created um the artwork is just gorgeous it is absolutely gorgeous it's a place where you can genuinely get yourself lost in and it's kind of you know the dreamscape part of it in particular is kind of a mix of you know god you're you're sort of walking through the streets of some dystopian society mixed with um being on an on an ethereal plane that's that's probably the best way that i can describe it you know there's the there's the the shimmer of all of the metallic imagery around you, and you know, it's just it's just wispy. But mm. like that's you know, if I, yeah, if I had to explain, it, if I had to try and put it into words without you know people seeing it, and I suppose you know we we are watching a bit of it on the screen as we speak, but it's just yeah. I mean, look at this. You you can see exactly what it is that we're looking at right now. Those little portals that you're seeing as part of um, these levels, those are actually again likening it back to Hades in terms of something people have probably played if they haven't played this um when you open a new door you've got to go am I going to choose to go forward left or right that's that's that Mm -hmm. um the other thing that this game mixes in quite well which which I really enjoyed was that it's it's a bit it's a bit puzzly as well
1: okay yeah there are in it I have seen that there's that little tile puzzle that's been popping up in the in the trailer. So I do like yep. that there's a little bit of a, a puzzle every now and then. What what do those things get you? Do they get you like extra bonuses going through the, the level?
0: Oh, they're just part of progressing, like progression. Mm-hmm. And you, you tend to get like drops throughout everything. You're always picking up drops along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one other thing, and this is just a tiny little thing, and I'm interested to get your thoughts on this because I don't know if I'm thinking too much about it right but it's just something i love it's just a little touch that i love when you dodge and when you get a like a dodge timer right the game goes into slow motion for just a split second so um for example i'm just i'm just watching the trailer that we're watching right now uh, as we speak you know on our show and i'm just waiting for something in particular to come up that can just sort of show us something there you go face your nightmares All right. Say for... Okay, see how we're fighting at the moment. Whether they're actually throwing something at you or firing something at you or taking a swing at you, if you dodge at the right time, the game just slows down for just a moment as you dodge out of that attack. And the entire game slows down. Not just you, but the entire game. You know, whatever it is they're throwing at you or the swing or whatnot. And it's just a i don't know it's just a neat little touch it's just a, like a little one percenter that i really appreciate it, it it actually it really goes another level in terms of giving you the feeling that you've dodged something yeah you know like
1: yeah, that's, it, that's it, nice. it lets you know that you were it, successful right. yeah
0: yeah you know and i yeah i just i i admire that like that's the sort of thing where you know I, it I would I I say to people you got to play a game like this because for me it's it's those little things where they've really thought deeply about how they're designing and executing this game, and they've really thought deeply about the little extra touches that they can put into this game just to make you feel it just a little yeah. bit more. Um. So just, yeah.
1: Just just I on that, check. there's there's one thing I wanted to bring up from um, the Skywalker Saga Lego collection because it's. It's one thing that drives me mad when you get like an escort mission or something and you walk at a different pace to what the thing that you're escorting does. <laughs>
0: oh, about this. It, it yeah,
1: does yeah. my head in. But, and it, it, it's not an escort. It's just like a walking, walking exposition part. So you'll be walking alongside an NPC and they'll be telling you stuff, blah, 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 blah. Um, but... When you are in, like, a little radius around this NPC, you walk at the same speed as they do. So if you have your stick all the way forward, you will still walk at their pace. And like you Pete, it's the the little things. And when I saw that, I went, this is amazing. Like, escort missions are bad at the worst of times, but this has just made it so much nicer.
0: Yeah, it is. It's those little things. It's the little Mm. things to go... Well, it's it's the see something, do something... Proposition, you know, particularly with something like that, because I'm the same. I think I, I think I used to get the shits on with Skyrim a lot, um, because you would, you would activate an NPC who would say, "Come with me to the next town," <laughs> and they'd walk there, mm-hmm. and and your, you know, your basic walk was like twice as fast, and you just have to wait for them. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's frustrating. I totally, totally yeah. But by
1: the so same token, was,
2: oh, Sorry, you guys? Sorry.
0: So
1: but but with the same token there was only in an arc around the npc so that if you got outside that arc you could still go and you know blow up canisters and collect your studs and then run back and do all that sort of stuff as well so i think it's uh it's it's quite a clever little little mechanic
2: i was just going to say streamscape are actually hard as a roguelike. like like obviously it's a roguelike, but is it actually difficult
0: in your um... experience? Look, I I have only just started playing it this week, so um, what I found was I didn't find it necessarily difficult. What I found is that if you manage your economy well, um, then you're going to have a a pretty good time. Because I feel like with this, what they've gone for is they've gone... This isn't just hack and slash, get you through levels, see how you can skill up and you know, just keep hammering away. Um, they've gone, we want you to progress through a story here. So much in the same way that Elden Ring, I guess, has opened it up, put in the open world, you know, giving you an opportunity to to actually discover rather than, um, I guess, cock block you with, you know, uber hard uh, enemies and stuff. And they are, they are hard enemies, don't get me wrong. Um, but but much in that sort of way where there's less a, there's less of an emphasis on let's make this incredibly hard and let's put up you know let's put up um, walls. Um, there's more of an emphasis on we want we want you to get through the story so you can appreciate the story. Yeah. Um, and I, as you can appreciate, mate, with your you know experience. Um, and what you're going into professionally like it's if you're going to have a story you've got to find that balance between difficulty and not making it so hard that you just you just you you stop the momentum of the story playing out
2: yeah and i mean in a roguelike that uh, building a story that flows and flows well is a very hard thing to do i think obviously talking about hades hades probably being one of the best examples of a roguelike that does tell a story in a good way but yeah exactly it is it's obviously an important element to have um so that's mine nice nice all,
1: all these games man. i always love hearing what other people are playing it's just it it warms my heart to see all the good games that we see out there and was a little bit saddened this week when I heard that one of the the giants of the industry, where we get a lot of game new game information from, um, isn't returning for 2022. And that was E3 is canceling their digital um, show for this year. So back in January they they announced that they weren't going to do an in person show that they were pivoting to a digital event again. Obviously, COVID makes everything quite hard to to do events the uh, um the last couple of years but the fact that they've cancelled their digital event um that that that's hard that 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 hits them um cuz to me even before covid hit they were sort of on on the down slope a little bit um you know yeah. with, with when you got your, your big companies like Sony doing their state of play and EA doing their thing and Nintendo just doing directs. What was it? Was it 2017? Nintendo only brought Breath of the Wild to E3. Granted, it was Breath of the Wild and it was done really well. They and they supported the shit out of it, but they you know, all these shows are opting for the digital presentations where they can pre-record and and make it work better because i like i always remember when skyward sword was released on the wii and they brought out miyamoto and he was sitting there trying to get the wii mote to to work properly and it didn't you know yeah. their flagship guy on their one of their flagship games couldn't get the controls to work properly whereas if you do a pre-recorded format then you can make sure all that works you know? Yeah, yeah and, th- and i think e3 has suffered a bit from that already um I should say that they are planning to come back with an in-person event next year, so it's not going anywhere. It's just this year's events that's been cancelled. But I just wonder about the survivability of E3. Full stop.
2: Well, it's just weird. Like, I, did they did they state a reason as to why they're not doing it? Um, let me just have a because quick... I mean, like, the thing with E3 is that I mean, ever since Nintendo, I can't remember what year it was, but Nintendo pulled out of showing there hmm. a while ago right obviously that was the birth of the the direct it might honestly have been in the wii u era um, mm-hmm. when they stopped actually attending e3 in like in terms of showing like the showcases physically on the floor yeah um yeah, over the recent couple of years obviously you know your sony your xbox or your microsoft per se mm-hmm. um you know have obviously distanced themselves from um, doing their physical showcases there as well it's obviously more now of a um, in person, you know, try the attempt to try the games or line up mm-hmm. for eight hours to try the game type thing. Yeah. Um, curiously, and Mo-
1: Microsoft. Sorry to interrupt you there, but curiously, Microsoft haven't done that sort of stuff. Like they're they're still investing big bucks into their stage shows.
2: Yeah, which is which is obviously interesting, because um, mm-hmm. the others have obviously pulled out. I know PlayStation had um, PSX for a few years. I'm not sure if you remember this PlayStation Experience they had. Their own shows uh, a couple of years back. Uh, I think there might have been when the when the Vita was out. Um, but yeah, going back to it real quick. I mean, like over the last couple of years, they opened E3 up to the public, yeah. so it became like a pax. Um, I don't know whether or not that was a good decision or not, and whether or not that has any bearing on the fact that they cancelled it this year. Um, not too sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely interesting as to why that they've stopped it this year because I know yeah. there's been a couple of years where it's been digital only.
1: Just on why they stopped so the article that I'm reading it sounds like that E3 and the ESA sent out a notification to some exhibitors because the first news of it that broke was um, a Will Powers who is a peripheral um, PR for Razor so Peripheral Manufacturer um, putting on Twitter that it's been um, cancelled for 2022. So that was the first news of it that broke and um, from the article that I'm reading on The Verge there's not a lot of information directly from ESA about why it was cancelled just that it was. But I would hazard a guess that because they opened it up to the public and turned it from a trade show to a a con really um they yeah I think they need they need that foot traffic to survive, and without it they probably crunched the numbers after the digital event last year and went we can't do this yeah we we need to um we, we need to try something else and yeah they've just cancelled it for this year
0: I don't know if if e three is relevant anymore.
1: I I think there's there's still a place for it. There's still a place to cuz he's oh, lost uh, grumpy. Yeah, um he's dropped out um of the of the <laughs> of the video. I'm not sure if he's still hanging around. Oh.
0: <laughs> Apparently the cat wasn't behaving, so he he's gone to, right, to deal right. with the cat. Um so, so let me let me expand on that for, for a moment. I don't know that E3 is relevant And it might be relevant uh, like as an in-person, but as a digital event, I don't think it is. If E3 is going to just be companies showing off their wares, I think companies are savvy enough now to know that they would rather bring that stuff back in in in-house through their own social media, through their own websites, through their own channels, because at the end of the day, that's all traffic. That's all traffic back to them. That's all traffic that links back through all of their stuff. Um, It's also a stage that they don't have to share with their competitors. My, My gut feeling tells me that if you're a company who's, you know, say, for example, your Xbox, if you've been through the ringer the last couple of years and you've had to manage your executions around being digital only anyway, then... E3 without the foot traffic is not providing you anything unique. It's not providing you anything different. It's not giving people an opportunity to get hands-on with your stuff. So I'm kind of like, why why hand, as a brand, why hand another brand <coughs> a heap of your IP and your announcements and all of that gear and send all of that traffic through E3 where they can also see PlayStation and Nintendo and other bits and pieces and that message gets you know um watered down in a sense because it is amongst all of the others as well you know it's it's in this big cloud of full of shit there's a lot in there um and your messages can get lost in all of that you're probably just going we don't we don't need to do this we can do it ourselves so um i mean that's that's my hot take on it i think as long as e3 remains digital Companies are, are, are saying to them, "Ah, oh, we just we can do it ourselves." Yeah,
1: I would counter I agree that. With you, yeah, I agree.
2: Well,
1: I'd, I well, agree. I I'll, I'll, hear, I'll hear, hear your thoughts first, Gumpy, because I've got a rebuttal to that that, that I need All to get right. off. Well, my I face. mean, I
2: like I <laughs> I agree entirely that like it it doesn't really have a place anymore. But from a selfish point of view, I wish it did. Um, you know, oh, there is course. there We'd is there you know? is a, a spectacle to it, you know.
0: Yeah. I get yeah, it. You know, we got, we got the, you know, we got the, the, your breathtaking moment. Like that's, you know what I mean? And that's, that's great. And that is great. If you've got crowds and you've got the ability to have, you know, a hundred thousand people blow through there over a weekend and yeah. you've got all those shares, likes, retweets, those hashtags, those people capturing it. And, you know, those moments are, are, are able to happen. But unfortunately, you know, without, without the excitement of the crowd, and without the spontaneity of the crowd, then the other thing is like your breathtaking doesn't happen. And if it does, it's, it's scripted and it doesn't land as well. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. And I think like the reality as well is that, like you said, they can, they prefer to like deliver the message in their own way, when they actually want to do it, when they're ready in in their particular spin in which they want to present things, you know, without having to worry about anyone else and what they might show. There's obviously the benefit of that. But then again, like there was just something cool about being able to sit down for the week. It was always for me throughout high school, it was always during or and uni as well, it was always during exam period, which sucked, but it was always like a nice thing to come home to or to sit, you know, have on in the background. Um so in a selfish way I do I do miss that, you know, we're not gonna have that anymore and not have that week in June where, you know, we just get all this information. But at the same time, like it's there isn't really a reason for it anymore as sad as that might be for some people
1: so my question to you guys then would be if the digital doesn't work for e3 why does it work for something like the game awards because let's face it 90 percent of the game awards is announcements and trailers and ads that they've sold to 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 fund what they do there so, so why why does it work on something like that with Jeff Keeley, but not with E3? Is it because E3 has been an in-person event in the past, but then again, it's always been on the down it's been on the downslide before COVID as well. So, how 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 can one relative newcomer, even though the Game Awards have been going since 2014, I think, do it, yeah. but E3 can't?
0: I I think because the unique content you're getting out of the game awards are the awards itself i i think it's something that you know i see for me like it's it's as a company you're not having to put something on like you might do your announcements like you know we've got hideo kojima who um, it's the most famous one for me that comes to mind where he did the big reveal of um whatever the hell it was sorry i can't remember because i'm having i think you You know Like that, you know, there's there's that sort of stuff. But the way that the game awards are set up, you know, you've got this you've got this event like the Oscars, like the Baftas, like the you know, I think it lends itself more to a telecast. Um, I think it's always been there. I, you know, sure you've had a crowd, but the crowds just you've got a you've got a small crowd sort of in amongst the theater where they actually film it, and all it all happens on the one stage. And you've got Jeff Keighley. And I, I think Jeff Keely is as much the game awards as the game awards of Jeff Keighley. I think they they're one in the same. So people tune in yeah. for him as well. I, yeah. I think it's for me, because Yeah, because it's an awards ceremony and as a company you can't really own something like that. And don't get me wrong, there's an argument there, which is a great question from you, man. Why does it work? There's an argument there why companies would announce at the Game Awards digitally. Um, I just think it works a little bit better as a format, and I, you know, that might not be the answer if there is even an answer. But I, if I had to gauge it, something that's why I think that works. Mm. Cool.
2: Plus, it's also I think technically it also is a like an in-person event. Obviously, the public isn't there, but there are there are crowds generally at the game awards
1: well in, in interestingly as well Jeff Keighley used to work at e3 on their streaming side of things so correct he yeah he used to do the Coliseum I think which is so so doing that transition for him from from the Coliseum at e3 to his own thing there where he's he's an executive producer and got a lot more control I think. I, and, and i think he and I, I feel like i've been a little bit down on the game awards for being a lot of marketing but but and and to me it is but it's good marketing because it's it's a lot of a lot of really cool stuff that you see and yes it's it's the bigger studios or bigger publishers that are that are showing off what they've got but i still want to see that you know mob um Publishers like Devolver Digital get involved, and I love what they do with their stuff. Like they've always got something good, good on the boil there, and and I don't know, yeah, it's just it's sad for me to see the demise of of the in person events, and and because there's digital events are, are great for looking at, but the in person events are where you try and where you talk with other people and express about what what your feelings are about this and. It's just a huge networking opportunity as well, and which you don't get from the digital events.
2: Yeah, I mean, that that's definitely definitely true. And I mean, the thing with Jeff Keeley is that, like, that you know, he's probably licking his lips right now. Oh like yeah, he there's there's no there's no 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 nothing saying that he can't come out and make his own thing because he's going to. Well, like, for fun goodness, goodness' sake, he's got summer summer game fest, which goes for like. Yeah. I don't think it ever ends,
1: to be honest. Yeah. I but, was about about to say, like, not long after the E3's cancellation news broke, he's already there saying Summer's Games Fest will return in June with, you know, in his yeah. tweet. And so he's he's saying, oh, it's sad, but look, we're still here. Yeah. He's jumping on <laughs> it. Yeah. 100%. That's it. He he saw the opportunity and he took
0: it. Yeah. Wow. Um, straight, my friend, I know we have a big question to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a cheeky brief um, shall we dive in
1: I think we should because it's a really really simple one we've been talking about it for the last sort of 10 minutes or so how do you feel about E3 being cancelled
0: what are your I'll thoughts give, on it I'll give you my hot take very quickly mm-hmm. it doesn't bother me in
1: the slightest here's, here's another question just for you Pete would it bother you if you could have attended
0: uh, that would make it different mm-hmm. So, yes, if, if, if I could have attended, absolutely, I'd, I'd have an issue with, because I'd love to go to an E3. I would. Yeah. I would absolutely love to go to an E3, just like I'm hanging out to go to PAX. And there's also the two years of no events the last couple of years that we've had to swan through as well. So there's that that adds to it. Um, but considering that it's a digital event, considering that all of the companies we were going to see, there making announcements digitally, are going to do it on their own anyway. Um, I'm not fussed that that we're not getting digital E3 this year. It doesn't bother me.
1: Cool. All right. Well, that's uh that that's it for the weekly show. We got through another one, guys. Yay! Thank you so much. Thank hang you so on, much before. for. Oh. we gonna play the game. We got, do... our, oh, we got oh the game. We got our, we got our ball oh, sack game. We almost <laughs> forgot the game. Right, hang we're on. The... I'm gonna turn, I'm gonna turn off Twitch chat because I got in trouble for this last week.
0: All right, so oh, chat. Twitch chat's not allowed to help. It's between you two. There's going to be just one, okay? This game comes to you courtesy of Manscaped, 20% off all Manscaped gear with free shipping. When you head to manscaped.com, trust me, your balls will thank you. Um, but this game is I'm going to start describing a video game character who I firmly believe manscapes themselves. Are you ready for this? Is the first one of you to jump in with the answer, okay? All right, let's oh, do here it. Yep, let's go. I'm very curious to see how you guys go. All right. He was born in 2511 and lived with his mother and his father in Elysium City on the colony world of Eridanus 2. He attended the Elysium City Primary Education Facility number 119. As a child, he had brown hair, freckles, and a small gap between his front teeth. In a dream during cryo sleep, he recalled that his mother kind of smelled like soap, and that she had large eyes, a straight nose, and full lips. Was was it Master Chief? Ah, oh, congratulations, yes. good
1: sir!
2: It is
0: indeed Master Chief. Hey. Done.
2: Lovely, good job. Lovely. Thank, oh, you. thank you, thank you. I was clueless.
0: I had to skip a couple of things there because there were things that were giving it away. If I had said cryo sleep aboard the UNSC Pillar of Autumn. Mm.
2: Then I might have got it. Yeah. the
0: next thing I was going to come out with was the would be UNSC Marine Lieutenant Parisa was a childhood friend and yeah. so on and so forth. Um, and oh, then, of it? course, if you guys didn't get there, eventually you were going to hear that he was an ideal physical and mental candidate for the 150 strong preliminary pool of the Spartan 2 program. Yeah, he... And that would have just been a dead giveaway. That's it.
1: Yeah, I was <sighs> I was originally going down. Like, like I like my head sort of went Mass Effect first. And I thought maybe it's a Commander Shepard, but then I you know no, well, she can they can be male or female depending on which character you choose. So I'm not sure, but yeah, we got there. Woo!
0: We got That's there, guys. Job. Well done, gents. Well done. Yeah, well done. This is... uh, and a big thanks to Manscaped for joining mm-hmm. us again this week on the potties. Don't forget twenty percent and free shipping uh, if you use the code GOA when you head to Manscaped.com. Guys, it's been fun. I've cool. had a good time. Thank you.